This is Adrian Dunbar and I'm at the Irish Cultural Centre Hammersmith for Bright Side of the Road on Portobello Radio. We have two guests with us right now. We have Sarah Dunn. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hi. Uh, Sarah, you're the daughter of the legendary traveller singer, Pekka Dunn. Yes, that's right. I'm the youngest of his uh, brood. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about um, Pekka and indeed you're going to sing us a song in a moment. Uh, we hope. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Brian Dalton. Hi, Brian. Hello. Um, you're from the organisation Irish in Britain, and you have the unbelievable exhibition that's on downstairs right now as we're recording, uh, looking back to look forward to 50 years of the Irish in Britain. Yes, that's right. We're very pleased. We had our launch night last night, and um, it's the culmination of a year's work for us um, as an organisation. And a great response from the Irish community who absolutely want their stories to be recorded and shared in this way. And, uh, and a very enthusiastic audience. I mean, we're upstairs because we're usually in the foyer, but so many people are coming into the show that well, we're we very can't get down We're very there. pleased to disrupt the normal <laughs> operations of the ICC with the success of the exhibition. But look, it's absolutely the right time to be championing migrant contributions here in Britain at a time like this, mm-hmm. um, after so much negative and toxic press around the whole conversation around migrants. So we're very proud to be making the case for positive contributions for migrants. And this exhibition um, lays out the story for the Irish community. But we also think it has wider uh, relevance for the British public and remind them that uh, post-war British history is one that features migrants. Yeah, I'm, I, I whizzed around the exhibition beforehand. Uh, I was amazed. I'm amazed it only took you a year to put it together because it's so detailed. But there are a couple of things that struck me. that You have newspaper cuttings which showed that in the 70s, for instance, in London could be a hostile environment for the Irish community. And going further back, you've got that, some would say, iconic, notorious sign, yeah. no Irish, no dogs, no, no blacks. Or yeah. no black. Well, of course, that's why the diaspora experience in Britain is absolutely unique. And of course, as a, as a, as a people, we are all over the world. But the context here in Britain is unique, given the political and social and economic backdrop. So those kind of pictures and uh, moments really illustrate, mm. I suppose, the political atmosphere, Absolutely. the state of British-Irish relations, community cohesion on the ground, and of course, uh, the experience for communities like Irish people and other migrant groups are so often determined by, by the relationships between governments, mm-hmm. and in this case it was Britain and Ireland, and of course we all remember the dark days yeah, of yeah. the Troubles. This moving image of um, Paul Hill and Jerry, yes. g- the uh, Guildford Four, the Birmingham Six getting out of um, prison, being released after spending years and years locked up for things that they didn't do. Yes. Some great images. And we have Just... Breda Power, the daughter of Billy Power, yes. who gives a really moving testimony um, from the day that uh, her dad was released from the old, at the Old Bailey. Yeah. So the thing about oral histories is when you ask a question, you've got to be prepared for the answer because uh, some of the histories are really unfiltered and they're raw and they're, and they're moving. Um, but in a way, they illustrate history in a way that other, other mediums don't do. That's why they're so immediate. That's why their people are drawn to them. Um, and that's why they endure. So I think oral histories have a really important place in telling the story Absolutely. about a community. And it's in our own words. We have control over these, so hugely important. It's, it, it's thousands, hundreds of thousands of personal stories that make up 
migration. And what I particularly like downstairs is the way you can, you see, you've got little panels and there's about 15 potential oral histories and you can choose which one you listen to and which order you listen to them in. Uh, yes, well, of course, um, it's, it's a really difficult thing to mount oral histories because what, what do you do with them? Because they are so powerful, but ultimately they, they are, they're audio. So we've been blessed with the call-out that we made for pictures, keepsakes, materials to give it context. So we received a huge response of material from people, which helped us then curate it into something interactive and very immediate, like you've uh, got downstairs. I love it when you listen to one of the oral histories and you, you see the picture of the person in front of you. I think that's so important. Yeah. You know, it's not just hearing the voice, but seeing that picture is yeah. very moving. And it's a really important thing. As Irish people and as migrants... Um, there's a real tension. A lot of people left Ireland because of very difficult reasons. Um, and our history is something that we're comfortable to look at because it inspired many of us to leave. But at the same time, we're hugely proud to be Irish. Um, and there's a strange tension in that, that you're hugely proud to be Irish, but have also earned the right to be critical of the place that you left. And it is part of the migrant experience. And I think the exhibition articulates that tension really yeah, well. Definitely. It's on here um, for another week or so, but then you're on the road. Where are you yes. going to? So we're going to Liverpool after London, yeah. then we're going to Leeds, and then we're going to Birmingham. We could have gone to other cities, um, but we logistical challenges, geographical challenges, financial constraints. We went to four cities, but we picked those cities because they're all big, large Irish historical cities. Yeah. So you're in the Flory in Liverpool, That's the right. art centre, and you're in the Slunglow in Leeds. That's right. And then you go to a science museum, the Think Tank. Yes. It's great venues. Yeah. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. And of course, alongside this, we've got an online exhibition, which is um, permanent. So for people who can't make the exhibitions, they can access all that material online. Brilliant. That's and then excellent. ultimately, we deposit all the material at the London Met University. Excellent. So there is a research legacy there for years to come. I'd recommend uh, going down. I went down to see it myself and I, I think it's great to give a voice to people that generally wouldn't uh, be heard. Um, and there's a wide, like, diverse range of stories to, to listen to and to explore down there. Um, I think it's great. I was very yeah, impressed when brilliant. I went down. Yeah. Um, that, that actually brings us to your father, Pekka Dunn, because mm -hmm. he was uh, an iconic traveller singer and by doing so, he was a voice for a community that would otherwise be unheard. Yes, absolutely. So um, he addressed a lot of kind of, I suppose, social issues and issues around discrimination against uh, the traveling community through his music. Um, and he did it not just through music, but through storytelling as well. Um, and uh, he had a great career in Ireland and abroad. Um, and he spent you know, his whole life traveling and, and playing music. He was extraordinary. He had a grey head of hair like Sarah here. Uh, he, and he, he was the real deal, wasn't he, as a traveller? Absolutely. He, he loved living on the road. And I think near the end, he actually went back into a caravan, possibly. But I do know there's amazing footage of him on the Late Late Show. On the Late Late Show? Yes. Uh, and the whole unusual for the Late Late Show, is, which is full of usual audiences, kind of middle-class audience. It's just full of travellers. Yeah. And the pecker is the king, the king <laughs> of the travellers. Do you work with the Irish travellers in Britain? Um, well, we're a membership organisation, so we represent 130 organisations. 
community organizations around the country. Everybody from the GAA to London Irish Centre to Hammersmith here. And there's quite a few traveller organisations that are also part of our membership. One of them would be the Traveller Movement, yeah. which is a campaign and advocacy group. Brilliant organisation, yeah. brilliantly led by Yvonne McNamara, yeah, she's great. who's in our exhibition. Yeah. I think you listened to her yeah. I interview. I did, yeah. It was very interesting. And we do a lot of work with family, friends and travellers, uh, Southwark Traveller Action Group. Great. A very dynamic group, um, brilliant campaigning. And of course, a lot of the barriers that are facing travellers here in terms of poor outcomes around health and equality uh, are something we would be helping them to support and, and uh, supporting the advocacy and campaigning they're doing. Um, and it's, it's still a major barrier for the experience of, of Irish people, Definitely. our fellow citizens, which we remind Absolutely. the rest of our membership. Um, and uh, it remains a big, pro big problem. Even the Crime and Sentencing Act that came out last year I went through Parliament, targets specifically um, traveller experience, uh, traveller settlements, and it denies them a lot of the rights which the rest of us uh, take for granted. So, Absolutely. major problem. Thank, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, you've got to rush back to your fabulous team downstairs who are on hand if you come to the exhibition. They're around to answer any questions, yes, help they are. you work the interactive buttons. And listen, thank you for having me here. And I'll just, I'll just finish by saying this project is for anybody that's ever stepped off a plane or a boat or a train from Ireland to Britain and their kids and their grandkids and your neighbours because it's an important story to thank tell. Thank you, Brian. So thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for doing it. Cool. And in, in, indeed, I'd say it's for anyone. It's not just for people who've come from Ireland to the UK. It's for anyone who's stepped off a boat anywhere to anywhere. Anyone that's interested well, course, in culture. Yes, and, and the stories are universal, aren't they? They're about joy and sadness and triumph and resilience, and who can't identify with those? This is Adrian Dunbar, and I'm at the Irish Cultural Centre Hammersmith for Bright Side of the Road on Portobello Radio. It's a regular roundup of Irish culture in London featuring music, books, art, politics, drama and film.